0: the medical school hq podcast session number 89 hey this is z dog md rapper physician legendary turntable health revolutionary and part-time gardener and you're listening to the medical school hq podcast hosted by the irredeemably awesome ryan gray Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and I believe that competition amongst your pre med and medical student peers is detrimental to becoming a great physician. In this podcast, we show you how collaboration, hard work, and honesty are critical to becoming a superior physician in today's healthcare environment. How are you doing? Thank you again for joining us on another Wacky Wednesday podcast. If you haven't yet, if you didn't know, the MCAT is changing. Tons of great new and exciting things coming on the MCAT. Go to freemcatgift.com and download our 30-page-plus report all about the MCAT and some some tips and tricks and some discounts and all kinds of other stu- uh, fun stuff about MCAT prep. That's freemcatgift.com. Today I have my lovely co-host back in the studio with me.
1: Hello everyone.
0: Also known as our basement.
1: Our, <laughs> oh, I our thought basement you meant me. office.
0: No, you're not the basement.
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: Our studio is the basement office. Yep. It's not some lavish studio.
1: No, not as of yet. Not yet.
0: Soon, maybe. Someday. <laughs> One day. What are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about how to choose a medical school.
0: So this is a question that I get a lot. I don't know if you get this a lot. But the question is, why did you go to New York Medical College? Mm-hmm. Why Why did you choose that school? And the the joke answer, although it's kind of serious too, is, well, that's that's where I got accepted. So that's where I went. But obviously, I chose to apply there. And so... That's what we'll talk about today, is some of the thought processes behind why we chose our schools that we applied to, and what what you should be thinking about as, as you're going through the process, you, the listener, are going through the process and trying to figure out what medical schools that you want to go to, and... We're going to speak some medical stuff, but you can also, if you're in high school, you can kind of take this and and generically think about undergraduate schools as well.
1: Yeah, and plan for the future about how to think about med school down the road. I think so. And someone just recently wrote in and asked us to talk about this very topic. So uh, if you're listening out there, this one's for you.
0: Yeah. If you have any thoughts, questions, ideas about future podcast episodes, we've been getting a lot recently. You can email medicalschoolhq.net is our website, and Ryan at, and Allison is Allison at medicalschoolhq.net. You can also go to medicalschoolhq.net slash feedback and leave us some information there as well. All right, so let's start by, I think, talking about one of the more easy ones, and that's State school versus out of state school or state school versus private school. This is a I think something a lot of students don't really understand and it's probably a source of a lot of wasted money when a state resident for one state applies to many state schools at other in other states. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make because a state school is there to supply seats for state residents. So it's important for them, and typically they're funded to, and they have rules on the numbers and percentages of those seats that have to go to state residents. So if you're applying as an out-of-state resident to a state school, you better be A 44 on the MCAT and a 4.0 GPA or know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Because it's it's very slim to none that as an out-of-state resident, you're going to get into a state school.
1: Yeah. And you also better be prepared to tell them exactly why you're going to stay in that state and practice medicine probably.
0: Yeah. That's very important. So that's, I think, n- number one is is an easy way to cross off a lot of schools right away. There's a lot of state schools. I don't have a, all the specific numbers on the number of state schools versus private schools, but that's that's an easy one right away to think about
1: yeah and I was just thinking about sort of the opposite situation, which is someone who wants to go to a state school within their state but then can't. so I was just looking again on the list of the California uh, medical schools because when it came to our medical school class, there was almost like a flock of of California immigrants or something. And we had all of these students who were from California, and we were jokingly calling. Uh, Our medical school, UC Valhalla, because the town where our medical school is is in Valhalla in Westchester, New York. And the reason was that all of these students really wanted to go to school in California. And they were all adamant that they were going to return there for residency, which almost all of them did. But uh, it just goes to show that the schools in California are extremely difficult to get into. So some of the top, I mean, you know, we talk about in some ways there is no top medical school. They're really all great in the United States, we're very lucky to have them. But, um, some of the, you know, quote unquote top medical schools, if you still want to sort of call it that are in California. So UCSF, UCLA, Stanford, UCSD, I mean, the list goes on and on. And so a lot of, uh, students really, it's hard to get into California schools, even as a state resident there. So, uh, what do you do in that situation? Well, if you're a state resident and you don't have the option for whatever reason, whether it's your your numbers aren't or your your package, I should say, isn't strong enough um, or you don't, uh, y- you know, you want to go somewhere else, you certainly should and can apply elsewhere too. Don't feel like you're restricted to your own state as a state resident.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But apply to private schools. Right. Out of state.
1: Right. Well, New York meant it was. I, I'm just turning it on its yeah. side. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so part of the reason California is so competitive is just just a large state and there's so many pre-med students.
1: Yes, very true. That's
0: That's part of the problem. Yeah. It's not like all the schools are excellent, although most of them are. <laughs> most of them are. Most of them are.
1: But no. really, I will reiterate, I mean, and we've talked about this before, but it's you really can't go wrong in the United States with medical schools. They're they're just they really are excellent across the board.
0: Yep. Moving so that, on, moving on. That's an easy one. Yeah. The next one that I want to talk about is and I think this is very important and something I never really thought about but is is residency affiliations and so the first day you step foot on campus you need to start thinking about possibly maybe what you could be interested in and we always say go through medical school with an open mind because you don't want to go in and shut out all these other specialties because you're dead set on one but if you are leaning towards something knowing that that school has a close affiliation with a residency program hopefully at that hospital right there on campus makes it that much easier for you to get exposure to the program the program director the residents and start getting exposure to those people to start building relationships to start doing some research and and doing what you need to do to 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 hopefully match in that specialty later on
1: yeah i think it's something to just be aware of there are some schools which uh, are really quite primary care focused and if you are someone who is dead set on becoming an orthopedic surgeon or a neurosurgeon and there are very limited spots in that area of the country uh and and therefore very limited access to that field that's something that you'd want to know about beforehand
0: yeah. And we'll talk about MD versus DO a little bit later as well. And maybe we'll talk about that next. But I, I think this is maybe one of the bigger handicaps for DO schools because they aren't typically affiliated with a large academic teaching hospital right there. Whereas right. most MD schools do have that.
1: Yeah. And so if that's the case, if you're at a DO school or if you're applying to a DO school and you're very interested in a, a specialty, a specific specialty, make uh, sure that you look around to see what is around that school because you may be able to do rotations or have opportunities to, to do research or, or work with people who are in the vicinity of you but not directly affiliated with your school.
0: So let's let's carry on this MD versus DO or MD DO discussion as a as a next thing to think about. And I want to preface this with at. The end of this whole journey, once you graduate, you have that MD, you have that DO, you're specialty trained, the initials after your name mean nothing. Absolutely nothing.
1: Well, they mean that you're a doctor.
0: They mean you're a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or I'm or just both. giving you a hard time. Yeah.
1: The distinction between the them distinction. is what doesn't matter.
0: The The only time it comes up and it's a negative for me as an MD is when a patient comes and asks me, Hey, are you a DO? I, I I at my last base, the the flight surgeon there was a DO and manipulated me and it was awesome. <laughs> you mean
1: the, like osteopathic manipulation? Yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And yeah. and so that's when it that's really the only time it comes up is if a patient has had that manipulation right. from an from a, a DO and that they want to continue that. But yeah. other than that, most patients don't know.
1: And for those of you out here who are d- out there who don't know what he means by manipulation, um it, there is a specific type of therapy that DOs offer called OMT and you do get trained in this in medical school uh, at DO schools, but you don't get trained in it at most MD programs. I had actually never heard of it until I started practicing. Uh anyhow, um it's a very interesting type of therapy and all based in the holistic uh view of treating patients which is part of the DO um, sort of school of thought. But anyhow, Ryan does not mean that they are manipulating people. He means that they're doing a sort of therapy.
0: Yeah. So with that in mind, I, if, if I were going through the process, I would treat MD and DO schools the same. And I, I'm probably in the minority here. But I wouldn't look at them any differently because in the end, you're treating patients and you are practicing medicine and and it's very similar. Allison just mentioned this holistic mindset. And that's, I I think, the, the, the speak that comes from the DO world, but... MDs treat holistically as well.
1: We absolutely do. So I, I don't absolutely. I don't
0: like that argument because no
1: it's a- and, and it's exactly what I was doing is just pointing to the the tradition of the school of thought that they have. But yes, when I see patients in my office as I did today, I look at, I try always to look at what is going on with this human being, with this person, not just what is the specific disease I'm treating. I think the minute you start treating patients as diseases that you're trying to cure or make better, you're not doing very well. We're, these are people, and we always have to remember that. So, yes, I think as MDs, it's, it's super important to, to look at patients in a holistic way.
0: And DOs prescribe medications, just True. like MDs. And- but
1: I, I think we also have to be respectful of of that tradition, you know, because we weren't, we, we did not attend DO schools. So, you know, just as an aside that I think for some, I'm just saying that some students out there may feel very strongly that they're very, um, they feel really glad that they are at DO schools and feel like they're getting, you know, a specialized uh, training that maybe is not present at MD programs I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here but I think stepping back what Ryan and I are trying to say is even though we both were trained at MD programs we know and have worked with a lot of MDs and DOs and the way that we see medicine being practiced by all of those folks is the same I think at, yep. at its heart wouldn't you agree yep
0: that is the ultimate message so I I think that's that's the ultimate thing there is understand that at the end of the day it's the same and. If you're listening to this and you still have a couple of years before you are applying to medical school, the residency programs will be kind of merged. There's a, there's a whole merger of all of the graduate medical education um, programs, and so all of that will be uh, merged, and DOs and MDs are all living happily ever after.
1: The one other thing, maybe, Ryan, take a minute and tell everyone your stance on some students... Uh, what they do when they feel like their package is not strong enough, and package. so they. I keep, saying package. I, know I keep saying package. Sorry, application. It's an application. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, because I don't want to say numbers because we're not numbers when we apply. All right, fine. The package. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, if the the and this is the the student doctor network speak, and I think probably perpetrated the worst as pre-meds is my grades aren't good enough for an MD school, therefore I'm going to apply to a DO school, and I hate that. I th- I think that's, it's it's number one, insulting to DO schools, because if you actually look at the numbers, it's harder to get into a DO school. The, the statistics, uh, based on the percentage of people applying and getting accept- accepted, It's harder to get into a DO school. Where this comes from, and and I'll give you a brief history of it, where it comes from is the fact, partly the fact, that the DO application allows for grade replacement on your application. So that means if I took calculus as a freshman in, in college and got a C, and I took it again and got an A, the DO application will see that I got an A. The AMCAS, the MD application, will average the two and give me a B. That's where a lot of people think, oh, it's easier. My grades will be better for the DO application. And and yes, historically, the numbers for DO schools, if you look at just raw statistics, the MCAT's a, a little lower for do schools the gpa is a little bit lower for do schools but there's there's there there are some reasons behind that but but don't think that just because your grades quote unquote aren't good enough for md school you should apply to a do school because that's just i don't i hate that
1: yeah and so at the end of the day if you're trying to decide you know should I apply to a DO school? Should I apply to an MD school or maybe both? You can, and maybe you've looked at them and you say, hey, I, I'd be happy at any of these. I just want to go to medical school. Then you can use some of these other things that we'll talk about to try to help you figure out, well, where should I apply? Because you also don't want to be applying to 50 schools. It gets really expensive. Very expensive. Very expensive. Um, just as an aside, by the way, when you think about numbers of medical schools to apply to, because that obviously factors in here when you're trying to choose a school, you have to know how many you're going to apply to at the, at the outset. Usually nowadays the average is around 15,
0: Yeah, 14 or 15, depending on how you round.
1: Yeah, And And that's
0: the AMCAS averages. I I don't know what the DO averages is. I think it's a little bit higher for DO schools.
1: Right. And so I think that's a good number for everyone, whether you're someone who has a 4.0 and a 45 in the MCAT, because again, we know we've talked, you know, talking to admissions officers and even on our podcast, there are certainly students out there with those numbers who don't get in. And then there are students who have the opposite. Uh, Either way, I think 15 is a pretty good number. Yeah. So what else, Ryan? So what about the weather?
0: What about the weather?
1: <laughs> so seems like a silly thing, but it's actually something you should pay attention to when you're thinking about where to apply. Some people out there, some students, pre-meds may think, well, I would be happy anywhere. So that's that's great. And that is great if that's you. If you're happy and sunny, rainy, snowy, you know, great. That's be awesome. Be a mailman.
0: <laughs> be a mailman. Yeah. <laughs> In all kinds of weather.
1: That's like the Florida Gator song in all kinds of weather. We all stick together. Okay, so I digress. Uh, But really, let me tell you from someone who did go to undergrad in the coldest place on earth. Well, not quite the coldest place on earth, but a pretty damn cold place. I went to school at McGill, as a lot of you know, for undergrad. And I'm not even kidding when I would go to walk to campus from my apartment in the dead of winter. And by the way, in Canada... There are four seasons, winter, still winter, even still winter and construction. So just to lay that out there, winter lasts a long time. <laughs> so uh, when I would walk to school, it would be literally, literally with wind chill negative 60, negative 60. So if you're in California and you're used to sunny days and 60 degree weather Fahrenheit, that means that you're de- Six,
0: 60 Fahrenheit in California. People are in parkas. <laughs>
1: Right. So In in, California. So in Montreal, where I went to undergrad, I was living in 120 degrees colder than that. I would literally get icicles on my eyelashes going to school. So uh, did I love going to school there? Absolutely. But was it cold as all hell? Yes. And that's something that you want to be aware of because... Maybe you're super adventurous, and then you get to medical school, and you find that you're studying all the time, it's freezing outside, and you're kind of miserable. You just don't want to add in, you know, things into your life that are going to take away from any happiness you might have. Because let's face it, as a medical student, you're going to be super, super busy uh, studying constantly, and you want to have that opportunity to experience the outdoors, whatever kind of outdoors environment you like if you can, in those few moments. So just pay attention to the weather.
0: <laughs> it's a it's an important one.
1: It really is. You might laugh, but it's, it's important to just take notice of. And also, I'll just add one other quick little thing. Some of the Caribbean students out there, you know, we talked to one on one of the podcasts. I don't remember which episode. Uh, Ryan can pull it up for us. But uh, he talked about, you know, the sunny weather and everything. And uh, you want to be careful, too, about going to a place where it's going to be, you know, constantly nice outside potentially when, and giving you the urge to maybe go out to the beach every day like in Miami or Hawaii. I mean, really, I'm not I'm not kidding. Take take serious note of these things because you want to be in a place where you are happy but also where you can really focus.
0: Yeah, and that was back in episode 51, which you can listen to at medicalschoolhq.net slash 51. We talked to Jared.
1: That's All right,
0: awesome. yes. So another one that I bring up a lot, and I don't know if people think about this, but I certainly did, was do you want to be near or far to family and friends? Mm -hmm. And the ultimate answer for why I applied to New York Medical College, being in Florida at the time, actually I was in, in Colorado when I applied my second time. Was the fact that I had my whole dad's side of the family lived in and around New York, and so I thought it'd be cool because I had never lived near them. I thought it'd be cool to be near them during medical school, even though i didn't think <laughs> I didn't think it through that i wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have time to spend with them
1: but you did We yeah. went out there and
0: we did and and so that's why I applied to New York Medical College and some of the other schools in that area. So do you, do you want to be near your family or are you trying to run away and get away from them? Do you have friends that are also applying to medical school or maybe are already in medical school or in undergraduate or postgraduate stuff in an area where you may want to go hang out with them?
1: Yeah. And I uh, also applied to New York Medical College because of its vicinity to the Northeast. I was really hoping to be after being at McGill in Montreal, which was about six hours drive from home in Boston. I wanted to be closer to my family uh, who still live in Boston or right outside Boston. And so that was one of the main reasons that I applied to New York Med. Another reason, by the way, just while I'm talking about this, I was really interested in New York Med because of how many hospital affiliations that the school had. And um, that's something that we talked about in terms of residency affiliations, but we can broaden that a little bit. If you, when you look at different medical schools, one of the important things that you should look at is how many or or specifically which hospital affiliations they have. Now, this is important for a couple reasons. Number one, it's it's nice to get a flavor of where the, the hospitals are, because that'll give you a sense of what's the patient demographic that you're going to be seeing and the different patient populations. So for example, at New York Medical College, we rotated in um, a hospital in the North Bronx, we also rotated at Westchester Medical Center, which is right in the heart of Westchester. Extremely different patient populations. In the North Bronx Hospital, which was formerly called Our Lady of Mercy and is now Montefiore North, uh, we rotated there and, and saw some of the worst cases of you know just completely uncontrolled diabetes, people with uh, who had had multiple amputations because their diabetes was so uncontrolled, uh, people just with horrible access to health care and really, really really raging medical issues, which are really well-controlled in other parts of the country, unfortunately, uh, for those patients. And it was really quite sad. It was pretty amazing watching, um, just seeing the difference in, in that compared to then at Westchester Medical Center, which is a pretty affluent area, and seeing really pretty, you know, your average Joe and and all the things that that individual is dealing with, with a certain amount of financial uh you know wealth and and relatively well controlled medical problems and i I just will never forget that really just vast dichotomy between those two patient groups and having that exposure and uh really added to my my empathy my humility all these things and 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 taught me about how important it is to to help our patients get access to care to good care uh and how to bring that care to these really these patient populations in need. So there are just so many lessons in all of that. But the point is that it's, it's great to have a medical school where there are multiple hospital affiliations. It's fine if you just have one that your medical school is, you know, you're just county hospital or something like that, because at some point in residency, you will get the exposure likely. But if you can get some exposure to different populations in medical school, that's great. The other reason to get to know the different medical school hospital affiliations is you want to know where you're going to be traveling and also living. So one of the things that a friend of mine didn't realize, she went to upstate uh, medical school in New York and their medical school is based in Syracuse. Uh, and so for about three quarters of her medical training, she was in Syracuse. What she didn't know is that after her second year, about half the class, it may not be exactly half, but some portion of the class moved to Binghamton, which is sort of out in the middle of nowhere. And it was a big shock to her at the time. And she had no idea where she was going to live and she had this tiny little mini fridge for like three months. And it's just those kind of things that it would be nice um, as you're applying to be aware of before you actually get to the school. So uh, I think knowing the hospital affiliations because of where they are, both for your own personal life, where you're going to be living and rotating, but also for all the exposure you're going to get. And New York Medical College had, I think at the time I applied, like 27 different hospital affiliations. It was crazy. And it's only grown. So that was really exciting for me, just that that variety. And that was another reason that I applied too.
0: So it's interesting you talked about some of that stuff. Because just yesterday, I was reading, there was a a report or study that was published by UCLA that talked about people with diabetes in low-income neighborhoods are 10 times more likely than diabetics from wealthy neighborhoods to get their limbs amputated because of diabetes-related infections.
1: Interesting, yeah. And
0: so if, if you're going to a school that you know has a good mix of hospital sites and training sites, you can see that mix. Yeah. And you can get exposure to a wealthier patient, who a more affluent patient, versus a, a lower-level-of-income patient. And you can see those disparities in care, differences in care, and and maybe you figure out how to fix that.
1: Yeah, and you know I'll tell you something else. At some of the hospitals, uh, which are sort of uh, served, not served, which are in low-income areas, uh, the volume can sometimes be so crazy that medical students get to do a lot more things. I mean, I'm just being comp- completely honest with you here. Well, there's, so
0: there's also the the fact that typically, and. and Maybe this is right or it's wrong, but typically the higher income patients are a little bit more demanding, mm-hmm. and they won't let medical students do anything. Whereas right. the lower income, they're they're thankful for any kind of care.
1: Absolutely, and it's one of the sad things about our healthcare system that it's it's so. It's it's not all the same, right? For everybody, not everybody has the same access to care. They're trying to change that, but yeah. So we had friends in med school who were rotating at Metropolitan Hospital, and they were delivering ten babies. You know, even every few days. I mean, they were delivering so many babies on their OB rotation. I was able to participate uh, in one and help to deliver a healthy baby, and that was such a cool and awesome experience I'll never forget but just that goes to show right there I was at Westchester Medical Center which is a high risk uh, OB environment meaning that women come who are dealing with pretty significant medical issues but also uh, patients who are having quote-unquote normal pregnancies healthy pregnancies Uh, but your odds of getting to do to even participate in a delivery were so slim compared to other hospitals where I mean gosh it was like they were you know there's a pregnant woman every five feet or something. So your chances of delivering were high. That is true. So it's just one of the realities we're sharing with you. You're not saying it's right or wrong. I mean, obviously we all want everyone to have equal access to healthcare, but these are some of the issues that you see when, when you're in different patient groups and, and the care, the, the difference in care.
0: So I think one of the last ones I want to talk about is I think one of the more obvious ones, and that's GPA and MCAT. You kept talking about packages earlier, trying to avoid this topic, to avoid GPA and MCAT.
1: Well, because it's, we're all more than that. That, that
0: We it. are all more than that. And I talked a lot about that in a previous podcast that I have to go find. But I think the what it comes down to is when you're going through the MSAR, the Medical School Application Requirements book that the AAMC puts out or the college information book that uh, ACOM puts out, what you are seeing there with GPA and MCAT for those schools is a statistic. It's a mathematical number that is taken from a whole class of people and squished down into one number. And so if you see the average, quote-unquote, of a 33 on the MCAT and a 3.7 GPA, and you have a 30 on the MCAT and a 3.5 GPA, that doesn't mean you can't get into that school. That's an average. And so there are people with better MCATs and GPAs, and there are people with lower MCAT scores and GPAs. And so don't let those numbers discourage you. That that is just one part of the application. So
1: And that by the way was episode 75 where Ryan talked about that about how you are so much more you know you are who you are. You're not your G- GPA. I was going to say your Gcat, <laughs> your GPA and your own MCAT.
0: So I, I think that's just a message, a final kind of motivational thing. When you're when you're choosing and picking your schools, pick schools that you want to go to because they're close to family or friends or far away from family or friends, because they're in a weather environment that you like, because it's in, in state that you want to go to. Don't let the GPA and MCAT n- make a school not, Make your final cut on your list.
1: Yeah, don't let them hold you back. Yeah, yeah.
0: What's the worst they're gonna say?
1: No, and then you can (laughs) always try again. (laughs) Then you can always try again,
0: or you get into another school. But it's there, there. So there's this. I think it's called the Lizzie M equation. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's called the Lizzie M equation. There's there's this thing where you put in your MCAT and your GPA and there's some multiply by 10 and add them together and blah blah blah. And your number should be within 4 I think of the school that you want to apply to and if it's not within 4 then you shouldn't apply. I think that's baloney. Yeah. Don't don't do any kind of arithmetic when you're trying to figure out what schools to apply to. Go to the schools, look at the environment that it's in, look at the state that it's in, look at the hospital affiliations, look at the kind of research that's going on at the schools, possibly look at the, another small thing is class size. Is it a huge class or just, is it a small class? What type of environment would you like in that sense? There's just so many other things, and, and GP and MCAT shouldn't be one of those things that ultimately lets a school make or break your list.
1: Yeah. And I think my parting words are at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many you get into as long as you get into one, because if you want to go to medical school and you're a pre-med out there, you, you just need to go to one. And, uh, I've been sheepish about telling my part of the story, how I ended up at New York Med, but I'm happy to report. I mean, at the end of the day, I was waitlisted at Dartmouth and I was waiting to hear back from New York Med and I got my acceptance from them and I cried the first like tears of joy I think I had ever cried in my life. I was so overwhelmed and so happy and I was still waitlisted at Dartmouth and I was trying to decide at the very end, well, where should I go? Uh, should I hold out for Dartmouth? Because I would think I was like the next in line. I remember calling the office and telling them I really wanted to go. But uh, at some point I had to make a decision because orientation was about to start for New York Med. And I said, you know what? I, I thought about all these things, you know, where location and where I would want to be and, and other things that New York Med offered. And uh, Dartmouth was out in the outdoors and, and I'm just really not an outdoorsy person. Ryan can attest to that. <laughs> My idea of camping is like being at the indoor lodge. <laughs> Uh (laughs) Although I do love bears. But anyway, uh, I I realized, yeah, you know, New York Med just, it spoke to me. It just was so much more kind of in touch with who I felt I was as a person. And I thought it would be a a better fit for me. And that's really, at, at the end of the day, the most important thing. You know, where what's the place that you think will fit you the best? Because that's where you want to succeed and thrive and, and go on and, and begin your medical your medical career. So I said, thank you, but no thank you to Dartmouth. And I don't know if I ever would have made it off their wait list, but I said hello to New York Med and I've been a happy camper ever since. And I met Ryan and I fell in love with neurology and went on to Mass General and Brigham for my neurology residency. So I think, you know, again, Ryan and I both got into one medical school, but it was so life-changing for both of us. And uh, obviously it's how we met too. So I think my major point is that if you can and you have the, the grace, not the grace. What's the word I'm looking for? The, the, uh, the luck, the the fortune, the you know the success. All these things to be able to actually choose among medical schools. Like if you actually get into multiple medical schools and you get to make that decision, and you get to look at things like weather and and class size and how close you are to family and friends and. And uh, residency affiliations, great. Use that information. Try to become as informed as you can. And certainly, when you're applying in the first place, try to take all these things that were these these points that we're giving you, and, and try to put those into your list. Use them to help you create a list. But if it gets to that end point, and you do have multiple to choose from, yes, try to figure out. Well, if you really have a, a specific key interest in research, or if you you really want to be uh, in, and you know you're you're very interested in a particular specialty and, and you want to be in a place that that has that that opportunity for you to explore that absolutely but you know what if you just get into one it's really going to be okay because there are so many excellent medical schools in the United States and elsewhere. Uh, but we we focus on the U.S. here on this podcast, and you will do great. You will become a doctor, assuming you pass and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But really, uh, and and that's it. It's that's that's how you start your medical career. So Ryan and I are you know, proud and happy alums of alumni of, of New York med. And that's where we got in. And that's really, that's what it came down to. Um, So good luck to you as you build your list of, of medical schools and hope, uh, hopefully these things, these, these points we've had are, will be helpful to you in creating that list. But, um, but getting into one is, is all you need. That's all. So there's my long spiel.
0: Thank you for that. Yes. All right. I hope you learned something today about how to start narrowing down the list of a hundred and I think there's a hundred, almost 170 now medical schools, DO and MD total. That's a lot to choose from. Please don't apply to all of them.
1: If you're in Canada, it's a lot easier because I think they're about seventeen, so you can just apply to all of them.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if there's that many in Canada.
1: I, I think the last time I looked, there oh, were, but yeah. we'll have to look it up we'll again. Have to look
0: it up. We need to do more Canada shows. I, do, I know and there's some yes, of you listening.
1: We we are working on that. Um, we are. <laughs> have faith.
0: Have faith. Yeah. So. Again. Use this information. You can use it if you're in high school to choose an undergrad. You can use it as an undergrad as you're creating your list to apply to medical school. Take it. Run with it. Let us know what you think. Is there something else that you used or are using to narrow down your list? Let us know. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash 89 is the special show notes page specifically for this episode where you can leave us a comment. I would also love, if you're not on our email list, I've been sending out a couple emails about our 2014 survey, our our listener survey. I'd love to find out more about you and how we can help you on the podcast and, and elsewhere. If you go to medicalschoolhq.net slash survey, I'll leave that survey up for a little while and uh, let you go. It takes a, a few minutes of your time to go leave those Responses. It's less than 10 questions. Easy. We almost have 100 people responding already. That's awesome. Nice. So we have lots lots of uh, information to go through.
1: Thank you guys for filling that out. That's awesome.
0: Thank you. Another big thank you to several more people that have gone into iTunes and left us a five-star rating and review. We have Reviewer IV or Reviewer 4, if that's a Roman numeral, who says great resource. I love listening to this podcast, so much great information. Uh, so thank you to reviewer IV and abstraction. Says the definitive pre med podcast, uh, a non traditional student. Um, oh, this is the one I have to read. This one <laughs> I, I tweeted about this or left it on Facebook or something. So, this this person. And abstraction, I don't know who this is, but if I know you, then you have to let me know or just email me and let me know. So I'm gonna read this. It has clearly made a difference in the decisions I've made as I reset my career to do what I've always wanted to do. Awesome, great feedback, right? And then get ready for this. Ryan and crew are pregnant with knowledge and regularly give birth in each podcast. That's pretty cool, how's that for a visual?
1: <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, especially someone who has given birth
0: <laughs> recently,
1: yes, not no, during this show though no, but I love that analogy. I think that is so cool. Thank you for for saying that that is it's really it's an awesome metaphor and And the fact that you feel like the the knowledge that we are passing on is is that m- meaningful and and momentous to you is is so awesome,
0: but then it goes on, or she goes on that says, if you haven't subscribed yet, you better click that button, grab a notepad, and hold on to your brain.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. It's just, a, awesome. it's an awesome review.
0: That's the best review, I think, so far. All right. <laughs> How are you going to beat that review?
1: Oh, medical MedicalSchoolHQ.net slash iTunes.
0: <laughs> All right. Blake B BlakeB232 says, helpful and hopeful resource for pre-meds. Zinfinnerd says, inspiring and helpful. And PubHealthAcolyte says, great resource it says Allison and Ryan you guys are very informative and helpful both being honest and optimistic thank you for taking the time to help aspiring healthcare professionals you're welcome absolutely it's what we're here for Yep, we'd love doing it and we would love if you would take a minute of your time and leave us a rating interview an honest one if it's five stars that would be awesome you can go to medical slash itunes to do that Any. Closing remarks, Allison?
1: I hope that whatever you are up to on your journey toward becoming a doctor is going fabulously. And uh, yeah, that's all I got.
0: As always.
1: As Porky Pig would say, that's all, folks.
0: That's all, folks. I like that. (laughs) I hope you took a lot of great information out of today's podcast. And always, as always, I hope you join us next time here at the medical school headquarters.